turn around and grab your Bibles. Just grab your Bibles. I feel the Lord at work right here. How many of you know that God is here? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We don't have to conjure up anything because He's here. Luke chapter 18, verses 35 through 43. We just read them. I didn't mean to read them. I've preempted my message, but we'll get back into it at some point in time. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you belong here. Shake somebody else's hand and say, you belong here. Listen, you can move out of your seat for just the next, I don't know, 10 seconds or so and say, you belong here and you belong here and you belong here and you belong here. And some air conditioning belongs up on the stage if somebody would help me with that. Woo! Lord. Here we are in this series, Belong. But it's more than a series. It's the theme for Epicenter Church for 2019. Where we're looking at the characteristics of belonging. That we belong to God. We belong to the body of Christ. We belong to Epicenter Church. And one of the characteristics of belonging is the identity that God gives to the Christ follower. Today I want to focus upon the identity that God has given to us. Paul, in fact, says it the best. He says it better than I can say it. But he wrote to the church at Ephesus about the concept of of belonging he he wrote to them in such a way that they would understand it according to the difficulties that they were going through and he wanted them to see what it meant to belong who they were in Christ Jesus now you know by now these are the verses that are the foundational verses for this series But in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, I want to read them to you. And then I'm going to let you be seated right after that. But I want to read them just to remind you, just to refresh our memories. Here's what Paul the Apostle says. He says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. In other words, you're no longer on the outside looking in. Are you with me? We all belong. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you belong here. Watch this. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone. So if somebody's sitting beside of you and they're like, "Mm -hmm, I'm better than you know. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we even got here. Hmm, He's using us all in what he is building. I love that. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all of the parts together. Lord have mercy. Now, here is Paul reminding the early Christian, the Christ follower, that they belong to God. And when you belong to God, that is a blessing, but you also have a responsibility to make sure other people feel that sense of belonging. Are you with me? Just just go ahead and be seated. Just, just be seated. Keep playing, Richard. That's good. So here, Paul, 
or you're not Richard. Hey, D, you look a lot like Richard today, not. Um, I'm so used to Richard being over there. No, Richard, you can quit playing. D, you keep playing. Sorry, D. <laughs> where was I at? I was somewhere. Okay, here's where I was at. So here's Paul. He's telling the early Christ follower that they belong to God through Christ while at the same time trying to squelch an identity crisis that they are having. And the reason for that is because for the Christ follower in, in Ephesus, they know that their lives are supposed to look like this according to God's word, but the reality of their lives is this. Has anybody ever been there? This is what God says you have and this is who God says you are, but yet your life looks more like this. Are you with me? Let me give you an example. In, in other words, the Bible says that you are more than, uh, con more than conquerors in Christ Jesus who loves you, but yet the thing that you seem to feel all the time is defeat. Or maybe here's another identity verse, that God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. But the truth is the only thing that your mind hears is the sound of fear. Can I get anybody to help me testify up in this place? you got to open up your spirit if you want to receive what the Lord has for you today. You see, the entirety of Scripture is built around one word, and that word is belong. In fact, in the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and when he created man, the Bible says that he hung out with Adam in the cool of the garden. Why? Because Adam belonged to him. The Bible says that we are his. We are the sheep of his pasture. We belong to him. Twelve disciples, according to the Gospels, belonged to Jesus, and they ultimately believed because they knew they belonged. Is anybody going to help me out understand this? You need to realize, though, that there is this thing that comes with belonging. In order for you to belong, sometimes you have to to fight through feelings that contradict belonging let me say it this way many times the crisis that we face in our identity are the voices that we are listening to Ooh. somebody look at your neighbor and give to them the title of today's message the right voices look at another neighbor and say the right voices Let me take you back to the narrative that we already read. This time we're going to dissect it a little bit more. But beginning in verse 35, let me set this up for you. Jesus has just met with the disciples. He just pulled all of the disciples aside. And he said, guys, guess what? We're going to Jerusalem. We're going to Jerusalem and we're going to fulfill Old Testament prophecy. They're going to kill me in Jerusalem. They're going to hang me on a cross. They're going to mock me. They're, they're, they're going to spit upon me. They're going to crucify me. And the Bible says none of the disciples understood what he meant, but he said, we're going anyway. Then verse 35 happens. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what was happening? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Hold on a second. You got to grab this. Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem. He's on the road in between Galilee and Jerusalem. He's walking to his death, if you will. But in between Galilee and Jerusalem is the ancient city Jericho. When he gets to Jericho, there is a man who cannot see. He is blind. And, and because he cannot see, he is not operating according to his sight, but rather he is operating according to sound. 
And he says, what is happening here? And Luke, in his articulate fashion, he begins to outline for us what's happening. So he says, what's happening? Tell me what's going on. And everybody says, it's Jesus of Nazareth. What you've got to grab hold of is that this is one of the last, if not the last, physical illustrations of how our faith is supposed to work. Because here is this man who is blind. Obviously, he cannot see, but he will not allow his physical limitations to keep him from experiencing the limitless power of God. How many times this passage of Scripture will preach? How many times have we allowed our limitations to keep us from experiencing his power? How many times have we allowed the limitations of the week to keep us from praising him on Sunday? How many times have we allowed what we see to keep us from remembering what we've heard in his word? You see, there is a spiritual lesson in in hearing in this passage of Scripture. There's a spiritual lesson when it comes to hearing. Why? Because the man could not see. He, He pursued Jesus not according to his sight he pursued jesus according to sound after all what is faith faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence not seen faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of god so in verse 38 here's here's what happens in verse 38 he he called out everybody say called out jesus son of david have mercy on me Some of your Bibles say he shouted. Some of your Bibles say that he cried out. I need to pause here for a minute. You need to understand what it means, what this phrase means in the Greek. In the Greek, to cry out, it means more than just raising your voice or lifting up your voice in order to grab attention. In the Greek, when it says that he called out, he shouted, he cried out, it actually means this, this ungovernable emotion, this instinctive quality, that this instinctive cry that came out of him that almost sounded like an animal screeching. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He was not shouting just to grab attention. There was something that was ungovernable when it came to his emotions that was causing him to cry out and even make an animal sound. And he called out to the Messiahship of Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He knew that God didn't owe him one single thing, but yet he still needed mercy. I need you to picture this. Visualize this, no pun intended. But this man is blind, and he's been going through his life in the midst of darkness, hearing the voices of others rebuke him, shout him down, talk about him. You're unworthy. You're broken. He's been listening. Listen, he's in darkness He's obviously not using any sight. He can't use sight. So he's using sound. And the sounds that he is hearing contradict the very concept of belonging. And even sometimes the sound of his own voice. I must be broken. I I, I must be down and out. I must be unworthy. And then verse 39 says something here. I need you to grab this. Verse 39 says, those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Those who led the way rebuked him, told him to shut up, be quiet. But he shouted all the more. I love that. 
son of David, have mercy on me. So those people that were around him, those wrong voices were telling him to shut up, but he would not allow his voice to be extinguished by the wrong voices. Let me pause here for a minute because I think this is where we get tripped up in our faith. The wrong voices tend to rob us of our identity in God. And many times the wrong voices that we are hearing are not the external voices, they're the voices within. And the voices within drive us deeper into that dark place. The voices within begin to strip us away from the identity that God has placed over you as a child of God. You're more than a conqueror. All of the blessings of God don't seem to be yours because all you are listening to are the voices that seem to contradict the very concept of belonging. And pretty soon you're in this place of isolation, this dark place. And the place of isolation certainly doesn't feel like you belong. Think about this. We've referenced Moses for the last couple of weeks. Moses lived 120 years. 40 years he hung out in Egypt. 40 years he hung out in the desert. 40 years, his last 40 years, he was in the desert leading the people into the promised land, if you will. But it's that middle block of 40 years that absolutely wore Moses out because all he heard was his voice saying, I'm a failure. Nobody wants me. The Egyptians don't want me. The people of Israel don't want me. No one accepts me. I've messed up. I've got a speech problem. I'm this, I'm that. I'm broken. I'm unworthy. That's all he kept hearing. And all of that made him feel like he did not belong. And And it drove him deeper and deeper into isolation. And I don't know who this is for, but some of you, you do the same exact thing. You begin to listen to those wrong voices and they drive you deeper and deeper and deeper into isolation. And pretty soon you're making statements like, well, nobody even talked to me today at church. And I pray that that doesn't happen. But the greater truth is you are so deep into this place called isolation that you refuse to talk to anyone. Because you don't feel like you belong. Or you make statements like, I I just, did you hear the tone that he used when he spoke to me? It hurt my feelings. I, I, I never seem to get a promotion and everybody else does. There must be something wrong with me. It's that place of isolation. And you know what? Isolation looks different for every last one of us. For some of you, it's not a physical place. It's an, it's an emotional place. You can have all kinds of people around you, but yet you still feel all alone. And pretty soon isolation brings a lot of friends like bitterness and anger and defeat and brokenness and fear and insecurity and resentment. All this dude wanted was to belong. He's shouting out to God, God, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's crying out with his voice, but everybody else is telling him to shut up. All he wants to do is feel like he belongs, and everybody else is telling him that you don't belong. But he shouts all the more. And I begin to think about that concept, Paul, where he shouts all the more. And I begin to think, hold on a second. Sometimes the greatest miracles that God wants to show us are not the miracles that we see, but they're the ones that we hear. Good Lord, have mercy. And the ones that we hear will ultimately change what we see. 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He shouted all the more. The more that I studied this passage of Scripture, God took me back one chapter to Luke chapter 17, verse 6. Because what I like to do is I like to read all of the body of work that's around any narrative that I'm preaching so that I understand the context in which it is written under so that I can convey to you the context of that particular passage. What I discovered about Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 35, is that Luke 18, 35 is the illustration for what Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, verse 6. Let me show you something. Luke chapter 17, verse 6. If you're there, say, I'm there. Here's what he says. Jesus says, now, let me set this up. Jesus is having a conversation with the disciples. Remember, he's about to tell them that prophecy, Old Testament prophecy is about to be fulfilled and I'm going to die and you're going to be a part of this and you're going to have a lot of pressure on you and there are going to be things that people are saying to you and about you and you're going to have to learn how to deal with those things. So here's what he says. If you have faith, as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Hold on a second. He says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, then you can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and thrown into the sea. Here's what I love about this narrative. He's telling the disciples, listen, there are going to be some wrong voices. There are going to be some wrong voices that begin to come against you. You're going to have to figure out how to overcome those voices. You're going to have to know that you're going to have to eradicate them from your heart. You've got to rise above them. And the way that you rise above those things is by faith. If you have a little faith, as small as a mustard seed, then you can say to that tree, be uprooted and thrown into the sea. Listen, hold on a second. He's dealing with those wrong voices that the disciples will ultimately face. But here's what I love about it. Jesus does not just give us the problem. He also gives us the solution. Look at it again, and I want you to circle it in your Bible. He says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, all you have to do is say, circle that word say. And then all you have to do is say to be uprooted. Circle the word uprooted. Some of your translations say pull up by the root. Now here's where it gets good. He's saying, if you want to get rid of those voices, you've got to use your faith to pull them up by the root and throw them into the sea. There's two things that he's doing here. Number one, he is dealing with the things that are unseen. Why? Because he's talking about the root, the thing that you can't see. You've got to deal with those, those beliefs that are beneath the surface. He's digging beneath the surface and he's saying you've got to deal with those beliefs. Those beliefs that God is greater has to be built up within you or else the voices that you are hearing will ultimately defeat you because they will rob you of your identity and then you'll be sitting on the curbside feeling like you don't belong. So he gives them, he tells them, here's the problem, but here's the weapon, here's the solution. So he's dealing with things beneath the surface, the things that we can't see. Hold on a second. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence not seen. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. C can I teach for a minute? Is that okay? If I teach for a minute, you with me? 
In fact, let me just give you a counseling session. I, I, need some, I, I need some volunteers. Can I get some volunteers? Nobody wants to volunteer after last week. That dude held his hands up for like 30 minutes. Nobody wants to volunteer. But, but I need some volunteers. If you're willing to volunteer, I need you to come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on. All right, come on up on the stage. Come on. I'm going to need more than that. I'm gonna need... Some of you are like, well, I ain't coming until I know how many he needs. I don't, I don't want to be sent back. Put that around your neck. Put that around your neck. There you go. Your unforgiveness. Hey, thank you very much. All right. Put... You don't have to worry about that mess. You're going to have to hold this because this lanyard tore off your, your insecurity. Can you do that? All right. I told them to put these up here in order, but they didn't hear your fear. I, I need somebody to come up here and, and be resentment, your resentment. Okay. Um, I need somebody else to come up here and be bitterness. Who's bitterness? Come on, Tanya. Come on. You're bitter. Come on. Come on. Tanya's bitter. Come on, Mike. All right, I, I need somebody else to come up here and, and, and be anger. That's, that's Mike. All right, your anger. All right, stand right here. Everybody just stand right here. So here we have all of these voices that we hear. We have all of these voices that drive us into isolation, Michael, because this is what we're hearing. All of these voices that are robbing us of the God-given identity all of us, all of these voices that are pushing us deeper into that dark place, all of these voices we hear like anger and bitterness, all of these things that ultimately become behaviors. Why? Because we begin to believe these things about ourselves. Anger and bitterness and insecurity and fear and unforgiveness and resentment. Let me talk about anger for a minute. I don't have time to highlight all of these, but they all work the same way. I don't want to talk about the situation that made you angry because that situation can be different for all of us. I do want to talk about because of the situation, you became angry. And anger looks the same for most of us because the symptoms look the same. And anger, the behavior of anger, when it acts out of us, it pretty much looks the same. So what ends up happening here is the situation brings anger into your life. And if you don't deal with anger, anger will begin to deal with you. If you don't begin to get rid of that wrong voice of anger, that anger will begin to tell you who you are and what you need to do. And then you will begin to act upon that anger. And when you act upon that anger, you'll suffer the consequences of that anger. So the behavior causes you to have the consequences of broken relationships, frustration, fear, failure, a prison of hatred, all because you acted on something. You see, it really even wasn't the behavior because you don't even have to act upon anger. You have a belief that you are an angry person. It will begin to affect every decision that you make in your life. Are you with me? If you're with me, say amen. You don't even have to have the behavior, but you'll suffer the consequences of the belief of anger that you are an angry person and therefore all of your relationships will have problems because of it. And bitterness works the same way. Insecurity works the same way. Fear works the same way. Unforgiveness, resentment, it all works the same way. It's the voice that's inside your head that tells you this is who you are because of a certain situation in your life. Then it begins to dictate the behavior that you have, causing you to act out and now you have more brokenness because of your anger okay so then criticism cynicism sets in all of the other isms set in and all the dude did was shout out jesus 
son of David, have mercy on me. And they begin to shout at him and rebuke him and tell him to shut up because you're not worthy. It's not like he hadn't heard that voice inside of his head already, sorry man. It's not like he hadn't heard that voice already and all he hears again is you shut up. But you know what? This time he's like, no, no, I'm going to shout all the more because there is absolutely no way that they are going to extinguish my voice. So his voice began to drown out their voices. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I wrote something down. Hold on a second. I wrote something down. This has been an evolving message all the way up until now. But, but sometimes some of you... You're, you're looking for a promotion. Like on the job, you're looking for a promotion. But, but let me say this. You're wondering why you cannot get the promotion. The reason why you cannot get the promotion and you seem to be passed over is because you are carrying around some unpromotable attitudes. Are you with me? And so we end up developing these New Year's resolutions to deal with the consequences of our voices mm -hmm. rather than dealing with the belief structure that's behind it. Oh, Lord have mercy. This is getting good. So we have all of these New Year's resolutions. I'm going to deal with my weight. I'm going to deal with my relationships. I'm going to deal with my job. I'm going to all of these different things. And all of those are cool. But the problem is, as long as you are carrying around attitudes that are unprofitable and that are dangerous, you are always going to be sitting on the curb wondering why you don't feel like you belong. And the reason why is because you've allowed this to push you into this place called isolation. And what you need to understand is that, that in 2018, this may have been who you were but in 2019 I don't know who this is for but God is about to lift you up God is about to do a shift in your life and the voices that have pushed you by shame to the curb will now be extinguished in your life and the voices that said you need to sit down God is going to override them and he's going to lift you up is there anybody in this place who can shout with your voice unto God Jesus son of David have mercy on me because I belong to God. I'm the sheep of his pasture. So the blind dude, all he was was shouting because Mark, he wanted to belong. Something that he had not felt up until now and he knew the only one that could change what was happening in his life was Jesus. So he shouted all the more. Now, hang on a second, because some of you right now, you're thinking, well, I didn't mean to make these a priority in my life. And you didn't. You didn't mean to make these a priority, but the problem is they've become your reality. But there's something about Luke chapter 17, verse 6, that I need you to grab. Luke chapter 17, verse 6, when Jesus, this is the second thing. I, I did these out of order, but on purpose. He said, say, everybody say, say. In other words, he said, speak. If you will speak to, in some of your translations, it says, if you will speak to that tree and say, be uprooted and thrown into the sea. If you will speak to that tree. What I discovered when I began to investigate and study this particular word speak or say I saw that it had a lot of common characteristics to the word shout that was used over in Luke chapter 18 
In fact, it, it, it means this. Let me read it to you. It means that it's a person with a strong, serious, deeply felt, a deep emotion, a person who speaks authoritatively. In other words, here's what I wrote down. Your voice represents your authority. Hold on a second. In order to get rid of all of these wrong voices, these destructive vices, the right voice must rise up and take authority over the wrong voices. Hold on a second. That's what Jesus said. He said, if you'll have a little faith and you will speak to the, to the tree and say, be uprooted and thrown into the sea. He says, if you'll speak to the same word that's used over in Luke chapter 18, when the dude shouted all the more, it's the same word that Jesus is using in Luke chapter 17, verse 6, when he says, speak to that wrong voice. You need to speak to that wrong voice. In other words, our voice is the authority that is released from heaven when we begin to open up our mouths and speak the word of God over our situation that is when the authority of God is released in our lives your mouth has your authority your mouth is your authority your voice is your authority you need to grab this if you are waiting you are waiting to deal with your emotions when you feel like dealing with your emotions then you will never deal with your emotions if you are waiting to deal with that piece of brokenness when you feel like dealing with that piece of brokenness then you will never deal with the anger that's in your life i need you to grab this some of you are hanging out with unpromotable negative attitudes that are driving you into that dark place called isolation and you wonder why we're talking about belonging but yet you don't feel like it Until you start taking the authority that God has given to you and you say to that tree, be uprooted and thrown into the sea, then your emotions will tell you what to do. Unless you talk to your emotions, and until you talk to your emotions, your emotions will talk to you. Until you tell your emotions what to do, your emotions will be constantly telling you what to do. Until you tell your emotions, you're no longer going to have authority over me, but I'm commanding in the name of Jesus that you cannot tell me how to react, how to think, but I know that I belong to God, and I remember what Paul's words say. Paul's words said, I may be pressed, but I'm not crushed. I may be persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I may be struck down, but I am not destroyed. Why? Because I belong to God. I am the sheep of his pasture. So I'm going to lift up my voice unto him. It, it, it gets better. You, you, you got to grab this. It gets better. The, the man shouted all the more. He shouted all the more. Somebody say shout. So... All these people are telling him to shut up. Be quiet. You're unworthy. All the wrong voices. But he shouted all the more. Hold on a second. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him. Hold on a second. Don't even read verse 41. It says, Jesus stopped. This is for somebody up in this place. Jesus stopped. He was on the way to Jerusalem to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy to die on the cross, but yet nothing could stop him from rescuing this man. Jesus stopped. 
Everybody else had been pushing the man down, but Jesus stopped just to lift him up. Everybody else said, you do not belong, but Jesus said, I heard his cry, bring him unto me. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Do you see the power of the right voice? Watch this, verse, verse 41. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Don't you love it when Jesus asks a question that he already knows the answer to? What do you want me to do for you? But this is where it all comes together. Hold on a second. Luke chapter 17, verse 6. If you will say to that mulberry tree, be thrown into the sea, then it will be. All it takes is a little bit of faith. The man shouted all the more in Luke chapter 18. The same words. He took authority. He used his mouth to begin to express what he needed from God so that the right voice, his voice, would overshadow the wrong voices. Oh, Lord, have mercy. He asked him, what do you need from me? Not because Jesus didn't know the answer, but because Jesus wanted him to use the right voice to overcome the wrong voices. Jesus wanted him to use the right voice to overcome all of the other voices that have been telling him you don't belong. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 42. He said, the end of verse 41, he said, Lord, I just want to see Verse 42, Jesus said to him, all right then, receive your sight because your faith has healed you. Receive your sight because your faith has healed you. Hold on. Receive your sight because your faith has healed you. All the man did was open up his mouth and release the authority from heaven because he believed that God was greater than any limitation that he had. He believed that God was more than what other people had said about him. He believed his faith was enough to rise above whatever life had dealt to him. So Jesus used his faith to connect with God. Jesus used his faith to overcome the wrong voices. Jesus used his faith to turn his life around. Jesus used his faith to turn his darkness into light. Jesus used his faith to turn his problem into a promise. Jesus used his faith to turn his mourning into dancing. Jesus used his faith to turn anger into joy, bitterness into gladness, insecurity, come on, fear into faith, unforgiveness into forgiveness, resentment into restoration. Why? Because he used the power of his voice the right voice to overcome the wrong voices so I'm gonna shout all the more why because I belong to God I am the sheep of his pasture come on somebody get up on your feet and begin to give God a praise that only you can give to him somebody shout you see the right voices We'll turn around these things in our lives. The right voice. When Jesus says, speak, speak to that tree and it will be uprooted. He's dealing with your, your belief structure because it's your belief structure that will help you overcome the behavior that you're acting upon that will cause your anger to turn into joy that that will cause what was your bitterness to turn into gladness that will cause your what was that insecurity to turn into confidence that will cause fear to turn into faith unforgiveness to turn into forgiveness resentment to turn into restoration it's the power of your voice when you listen this is your authority somebody say the right voices 
And I don't know who this is for, but I believe in my spirit that God wants to do something so incredible in you in 2019 and that people have pushed you to the curb long enough. And it's time for you to say, no, 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 devil, not today, not anymore. No, because I am a child of God. I am the sheep of his pasture. I belong to him. And I'm going to begin to listen to the right voices. Lord, have mercy. The right. I'm going to change my own voice so that it becomes the right voice. Lord, have mercy.